promise, Lord, never again. But I also know that you know what a weak worm person I am. I'm a wonderful person. Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he turned to me and heard my cry for help. He brought me up from a desolate pit out of the muddy clay and set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear, and they will trust in the Lord. How happy is anyone who has put his trust in the Lord and has not turned to the proud or to those who run after lies. Lord my God, you have done many things. Your wondrous works and your plans for us, none can compare with you. If I were to report and speak of them, they are more than can be told. You do not delight in sacrifice and offering. You open my ears to listen. You do not ask for a whole burnt offering or sin offering. Then I said, see, I have come, and the scroll it is written about me. I delight to do your will, my God, and your instruction is deep within me. I proclaim righteousness in the great assembly. See, I do not keep my mouth closed, as you know, Lord. I did not hide your righteousness in my heart. I spoke about your faithfulness and salvation. I did not conceal your constant love and truth from the great assembly. Lord, you do not withhold your compassion from me. Your constant love and truth will always guard me. For troubles without number have surrounded me. My iniquities have overtaken me. I am unable to see. They are more than the hairs of my head, and my courage leaves me. Lord, be pleased to rescue me. Hurry to help me, Lord. Let those who intend to take my life be disgraced and confounded. Let those who wish me harm be turned back and humiliated. Let those who say to me, aha, aha, be appalled because of their shame. Let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let those who love your salvation continually say, the Lord is great. I am oppressed and needy. May the Lord think of me. You are my helper and my deliverer, my God. Do not delay. Amen. Our reading comes from 1 Peter chapter 5, beginning at the 6th verse. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your cares on him because he cares about you. Be sober-minded. Be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour. Resist him, firm in the faith, knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. The God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, establish, strengthen, and support you after you have suffered a little while. To him be dominion forever. Amen. Through Silvanus, a faithful brother, as I consider him, I have written to you briefly in order to encourage you and to testify that this is the true grace of God. Stand firm in it. She who is in Babylon, chosen together with you, sends you greetings, as does Mark, my son. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. 
This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Uh, I I just got done uh, being at the LCMC National Gathering, and the theme of it was discipleship. And then uh, you'd go to all these breakout sessions, and you'd hear, hear people preach And uh, a lot of it was phenomenal. A lot of it was great. But one thing that stuck out to me is the fact that the entire conversation about being a disciple was around obedience, uh, doing things, progressively getting better, becoming a better you, becoming better at being a Christian. But then you read about these things in the scriptures and you find out, for instance, that the call to us to, uh, um, to, be, to be disciples is not about our ability to impress God or about our ability to do what we're told or to be obedient or whatnot. It's all about being humiliated. It's all about being humbled. Pick up your cross daily and follow me. Picking up your cross was a was humiliation. It was being humbled. You were taking a public form of execution along with you, and and to be crucified, you uh, more than likely would be stripped naked, be completely humiliated, put out in front of everyone, so that not only would it be a long, drawn out dying process. But it it would be, you'd be open to shame. Does that sound like discipleship? <laughs> Does that sound like something we want in the church? I don't know. I don't know. Yet we have this declaration here by Peter. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time. Discipleship being a repentance in which you turn away from yourself, you turn away from your labors, you turn away from the things that you think you know you should do, and you turn yourself towards God knowing that you are nothing and he is all things. And so being humbled, being humiliated, being brought low, uh, leads to only one thing. It leads to a God who raises up, a God who raises the dead. Uh, putting ourselves to death means that Christ comes to us and raises us up. And and in part, this humbling of ourselves is tied to another verse that we always take out of context. <laughs> Casting all your cares on him because he cares about you. Uh, the humbling process being this realization that we are not in control. The humbling process being this realization that we can do nothing of our own, that it is God who does all things. It's part of the reason why I chose Psalm 40 to read as our psalm for today, uh, because it comes to us and it tells us that, that we wait for the Lord and he comes and does a work upon us, for us, in us. And it's not about uh, his um, ability to... <laughs> do some sort of amazing uh, uh, thing to make us more holy, right? It's not about our ability to be a better Christian or to give better sacrifices or to uh, be more impressive or, or be a lot better at hiding our sin. That's usually uh, how, we, how we look at discipleship in the church. 
But, but the psalm tells us that it's not about sacrifice. This is not about anything of that. It's about having our ears open to hear the word of God speaking to us to do a work in us. And that word of God comes to us to tell us that he is God and I am not, that I have a God, that I am dust, all, that all my good works are dirty, filthy rags, as Isaiah says. And so here, this, this calling for discipleship is one of humbling, but it's also one of knowing what we have to cast our cares on God. We have to cast our cares on him, our worries, our concerns, our failures, all of those things, because we can't take care of it ourselves, that we have no control over it, that we need him to care for us more than us caring for ourselves. Then again, we have be sober-minded and be alert, paying attention to what is going on, being able to look at the world and know what is wrong and what is right as best as we can. But more importantly, he says to be sober-minded and to be alert. Why? Because you have an adversary, the devil, Satan. Right, we we like to joke about that, but the reality is, is that we do have an enemy that since the beginning of time has wanted to keep us away from God, keep us away from life, wanting us to be dead and nothing else, not able to be raised up, and that he's prowling around, just waiting to kill us, to devour us. It gives us some bold standing here though, right? Resist him. Verse nine, firm in the faith, firm in the faith, holding fast to trusting that God will protect us. God will guide us. God will lead us. Knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world, meaning that resisting the devil, being sober-minded and being alert and paying attention to to the things that are happening around you is not going to keep you from having those things happen to you. That sufferings are going to come. We've been talking about that. This is a this is a, a total letter of suffering, right? But that it is that we we stand firm in the faith, knowing that everyone else is going to be suffering and that we suffer together. That's one of those necessities of being willing to admit the fact that we are not perfect and that things are not going to always go well with us. And sometimes we are going to be impained and we are going to be frustrated and we need to be reminded of it knowing that others are going through the same thing. It's part of the reason why we have to have churches of multiple generations, because every generation thinks themselves unique. Every generation thinks themselves special. You have junior hires and high schoolers right now that think that what they're going through is so unique, no one has ever gone through it before. But your parents were there. Your grandparents were there. Everyone suffers in the same way because teenagers have been the same since the beginning of time thinking that they'll live forever being jerks to anyone around them because they think they uh, have no consequences (laughs) and it's going to continue to be that way yeah some of it's compounded yes by social media and things like that but if we have a church of multiple generations that are spending time together getting to know each other Uh, loving each other, then we start to find out that uh, the 80-year-old lady that sits on the other side of the church from us has either already gone through all the sufferings that we find ourselves in the midst of right now and has lived to tell the tale and can come and speak words of comfort to us, 
or that they are actually going through it themselves right now. That we are not alone. That there are multiple people of multiple different generations, ages, backgrounds that are getting hurt as much as we are. And so then we have a Christ that becomes even more real for us because that Christ is for us and not against us. The God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory will himself restore, establish, strengthen, and support you after you have suffered a little while. Beautiful gospel here, right? Beautiful gospel. And that's that's the work of what we're doing here at Treadweary Podcast is we're wanting to make sure that we hand you the gospel every single week. Uh, here you have the God of all grace, meaning the God of all gift, the God of all giving away, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ. He's called you into that which which we cannot earn ourselves, but it is this etern- his eternal glory, not ours, right? And then it's found in Jesus. It says, will himself. He's going to do it himself. He's not going to expect you to do it. He's not going to expect anyone else to do it. But no, he is going to restore, establish, strengthen, and support you. That he is, he is going to restore you when you fall. He's going to establish you, setting your feet on the rock. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to encourage you. He's going to comfort you. And he's going to support you. He's going to walk alongside you, even in those times in which you are suffering, knowing that it's going to come, but God is going to be there. And then we have a beautiful doxology in the, in the end in, uh, of this, this letter, to him be dominion forever. Amen. And then we get the little tagline here of, of who helped him write this and the purpose behind it, to encourage you and to testify that this is the true grace of God, grace coming in the midst of hardship to you. Stand firm in it. Stand firm in, firm in God's grace and God's gift. That is the call upon us, church. Well, my prayers are for you this week that you might feel that grace of God coming to you, gift, things that you don't earn. Um, I also am praying that you um, will be humbled, maybe, to realize that your discipleship is not based on your effort, but it's based on what it is that God has done for you in Jesus, that he might bring you low to raise you up, knowing that he is the one who is working for you. And I pray that... uh, as we continue on in this podcast, we've just finished First Peter. I have some ideas of where I want to go next uh, with with looking at some other texts, looking at some other ideas. Um, but uh, my prayers are that you will share this, that you'll hand it over to your friends, your family, your neighbors, that they might get a little bit of word of God, a little bit of, of mercy and grace in their life for this week. But let us pray. Oh God, for as much as without you, we are not able to please you, mercifully grant that your Holy Spirit may in all things direct and rule our hearts. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. Well, church, God's mercies be with you this week. Go in peace, serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.